Yeah. Yeah, vaginas are cool. Because she's a badass. Damn. And that's what gets me hard. That's fucking cool. Yeah, it's badass. I want to hang out with Amelia. Amelia don't give a shit. Welcome to the podcast of People Time. Oh, fuck. Yeah. All right, that's all the energy I've got, so now we're back down to here. I still got a ton. Oh, good. Well, yeah. That's pretty good. Well, hey, uh, have you learned anything new before we start getting into our People Time podcast? Uh, Since I sat down? Yeah. Yeah. um, We got rid of whatever the creaky chair was that we had before. Yeah, we did. It's right there, actually. I miss it a little bit, but um, for editing purposes, pretty psyched that uh, it's just staring at us now longingly. It does look kind of sad, just the way it's shaped. I love you and all, but just stay over there. Fuck off. It's kind of weird, two grown men just staring at an empty chair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking up there. I, I really felt like keeping it and then calling it people time in the creaky chair. Which is a nice, catchy name. I mean, it sort of fits our theme that we're amateurs. Sometimes I hear it at night when I'm sleeping. Just, By itself? Yeah. What is that indicative of? Is that a ghost? Yeah, probably. Or the chair's alive. I don't know. I'm going to push the chair up to us so that whoever it is that sits in it at night, for, you know, to haunt you, can be part of... So then we have, like, well, a, nice. another co-host. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Okay. And we can attribute different stuff to it. Well, have you learned anything recently um, history-based before we get into... History-based? Yeah. Oh, do you, do you mean do I have any fun facts? Yeah. Do you have any fun facts? I have one that is particularly fun. Which one? Um, there is a uh, an epidemic of bald eagles. All right. Wait. In a... What's up? In the United States? Where? Uh, it's in a Seattle suburb. Oh. There's a ton of them, shit ton of body, bald eagles. Yeah, and they uh, have made their home in uh, a dump, a garbage dump. <laughs> okay. And uh, there's so many of them in that neighborhood, they're causing a problem in which they eat the garbage until they choke to death on it, or they pick it up and fly around the neighborhood and drop garbage on their neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's so perfect for America. Like, America. Fuck. That's, yeah, there's some, so, some sort of symbolism there, I feel like. It speaks for itself. All right. Yeah. So That's pretty interesting. Don't don't let uh, Americans near piles of garbage. That's just what we do. Yeah. We'll consume it, die, or drop it on your shit. That's what we do. Well, didn't uh, Benjamin Franklin say that bald eagles were like a disgusting creature, and that's why he advocated for our national bird to be the turkey? Wait, hold on. So he thought the bald eagle was... Yeah. Terrible. And like his a, next best guess was like, let's do the turkey. Yeah, what a noble They had that weird creature. ball sack on their on their bee count. Get it. That's what he was into. Oh. He's like, yeah, we should have ball sacks on our face. I think it is funny that we do pick animals for our country and states, and um, they're like protected because of that. What is up with that, though? It is, seems odd to me, but whatever. I don't know. Every, every, every place has a fucking a flag and a flower and a tree. And uh, whatever. I think like fuck cares. Belgium or Denmark or somebody has like a national dog. That's kind of cool. That's what we should adopt. 
Oh, yeah, I think I read that somewhere, that that's, like, the only place that has a national dog. Yeah, well, where I got it from was from that Snapple Facts video. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. So, wait, who are we doing people time on? Uh, Amelia Earhart. All right, so we're going to break down Amelia Earhart's life into Uh a nice digestible episode for you. Uh, Learn some shit about. Hopefully. So Amelia Earhart, I actually don't know what time frame she was. It had to be an after the uh, Wright Brothers, obviously, because Airplane, I know that much. Nope, several centuries before. Damn, all right, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I'm strapping in. The Wright Brothers found some tablets that had her on there, and she was like, she's hot. And then they thought, well, they jerked off to him first, and then they thought, what's this flying machine? Let's close up the bicycle shop <laughs> and go make the flying machine and then they never married again because there was nothing ever better than those tablets they of... just kept it they didn't need, <laughs> they didn't need it. <laughs> just kept the tablets around yeah. it was like what what is with this sticky rock with a <laughs> picture of a lady on it oh that's my wife <laughs> <laughs> me and my brother share oh um this is actually uh, a listener request get that oh, nice yeah all right well true true story we have to thank that that listener who is it? It's Amanda. <laughs> yeah, is that who yeah. she she wanted? <laughs> yeah. But um, we could even say like, "Hey, thanks, Amanda, for requesting Amelia Earhart. We are uh, happy to, you know, dive into." It's a good. It's a good request. Yeah. Um, I think Amelia Earhart is a testament to um, how dumb I am Why? and what a good idea this podcast is. So I don't know anything about her. I do literally nothing except, you yeah. know, maybe the conspiracy stuff of. Aliens took her, or whatever. That's what you know is the stuff that's probably. I mean, not probably, but it's just. Oh no, that's definitely what happened. It was aliens. Oh. It's because well, and you'll see in my research, she was a lizard shapeshifter. Oh, nice. So I don't think they took her. She just went home. It's not really a big deal. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, do you have a name? What's your name? Oh shit. Uh. Wait, wait. What's your name? My name is uh, JPEG Yakuza. <laughs> JPEG Yakuza? Yeah, some people will get that joke. Uh, I'm Peggy, Slag. where you been at? Oh, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Keep going. No, nah, it's... I didn't want to interrupt your... I was going to I was gonna do a rap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, That would be nice for... Yeah. You could do a rap each time. Peggy, um, I'm the new Beyonce. Is that, is that the whole rap? I don't have the whole song memorized, unfortunately. Oh. It's just a really good beat. To... Sweet. <sighs> What's your name? Slag. <laughs> <laughs> My parents were rude. Slag. That's actually a fucking cool name. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Slag. It, it, it feels like it should be the name of a pop culture person, but I don't. It sounds it like the name of like troll. a dance that you should be busting out on the like, dance floor. I'm like, hey, do the slag. Do the slag. And it's just a bunch of slutty people that are just. The so slutty people are doing the slag listening to JPEG Yakuza in, in our alternate universe. This is great. <laughs> it's <really> coming together. <laughs> um, well, so th- there's a lot of media about uh, Amelia. Just yeah. a ton. And uh, to like... shuffle through it. Huh? I was going to say, there's a lot of mystery because a lot of people yeah. don't know. Like, we don't know where. I would say about half of the media is about the her disappearance. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. So, wait, wait, wait. What time frame are we talking about here? When was when was Amelia born? Is By the way, is that her actual name? Unfortunately, it is. Wow, we finally got one that Amelia this, Earhart, and that's... Her name didn't change. In fact, she got married and didn't change her name because she said, fuck that. Man, that's so cool because I feel like that's... I, 
I always thought that was kind of like more of a modern thing to well, do. Well, and even like um, Harriet Tubman wasn't born Harriet Tubman, but she adopted the Tubman name through marriage. Right. So even everybody that we've done who've changed their names for different reasons, Amelia Earhart's a little cooler because she could have changed her name, but then said, uh, no, I'm too cool for that shit. It's like, I'm flying planes, bitches. Yeah, I don't need this shit. Plus, I fly planes. Earhart speaks for itself. Yeah. I mean, it's spelled different, but still. That's how it's pronounced. Uh, well, so like I was saying, there's so much media, um, books, documentaries, there, there's even several podcasts, like... Oh, yeah? I mean, we're kind of just... Trailing behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. So, to keep us distinct, um, all the research for this is actually exclusively from the lyrics of a of an album dedicated to her by a, a, a country folk band called uh, Plain Song. Ugh, country folk. Yeah, so it's by uh, Ian Williams, who was in Fairport Convention, uh, which, of course, as everyone knows, Fairport Convention is actually a Richard Thompson project, but Ian Williams was in Fairport Convention. I know I'm boring everybody with stuff they already know, but Ian Williams later went on to make uh, Plain Song, and in 1972, he released the album uh, In Search of Amelia Earhart. So this, this podcast is exclusively informed by the lyrics of that. I hope not. Amelia, it's true. You're the lady of the air. That's pretty nice. Yeah, that's um. It actually is a pretty good. It actually is a pretty good album. <laughs> <laughs> Just learned about it through this research. If you're into country music, you could check it out. I'm not. <laughs> not even Fairport Convention. Not even Richard Thompson. Huh? What about Pentangle? Or new writers of the Purple Sage. You're saying all like I feel like you're just dropping a lot of stuff I don't know anything about. You should know. You should learn about it. Country's the best. Well, well, it's not the best, but I don't. Know. I, I'm a white guy who wears boots. I think I have to listen to country. You wear boots? <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing boots right now. Oh, not cowboy boots. Though, no, so. I wouldn't wear cowboy boots. So wait, wait. When was she born? July twenty fourth, eighteen ninety seven. All right. So she was born, sorry, you said July 24th, what year? 1897. 1897, okay. In uh, uh, Atchison, Kansas, to uh, Samuel Stanton Earhart and Amelia Otis Earhart. Otis, that's such a cool name. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to do a people time on Otis Redding, which I believe we will someday. Yeah. So Otis is the fucking man. Yeah. God, I love Otis Redding. So she was born just before the Wright brothers start their projects to mm-hmm. start flight so unbeknownst to them a badass lady was born and she was going to be flying basically planes that they were going to be designing or at least to a point more or less yeah i mean i looked at all the designs of the planes that she flew and they were i think they were probably a lot better by then more advanced than what they were the wright brothers were fucking with but right uh still inspired by their uh their wind their wind tunnel they made and uh octave Why did you say it like that? Because that's during the episode I kept doing an octave impression. Oh, I liked it though. Yeah. yeah, octave, octave, octave will take care of your wives, huh? Oh, I do remember. That's what he says. Well, uh, she had a younger sister, Mariel, and her and Mariel were just little hellraisers. Like, you know, it's turn of the century, so girls were supposed to stay proper and prim and wear their dresses and keep them clean. And she wasn't into that shit. What was she? What was she doing? Um, just tomboy stuff, climbing trees, riding horses, playing baseball, collecting bugs and frogs. Cool. She's really into reading adventure stories by like Victor Hugo and people like that. Um, 
when she was growing up, they called her uh, Mealy, which is cute because her sister Mariel couldn't pronounce Amelia. So that's, that, that's cute. That is cute. And then later in life, they called her A.E., which I don't know where that comes from. A.E. Like Amelia Earhart. Yeah, but... Huh. It's like people in my family calling me J.Y. <laughs> you know? It's weird. James Young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tommy I'm Shaw. snowblind. Can't live without you. Yeah. Ooh. Take it away, Tommy. I'm snowblind. Can't find my way. I'm going to stop. So, um, she had a pretty fun childhood. It actually makes me think about, you know, the way, you know, young American kids used to be. You know, like when Where you did she grow like up? Sandlot. Uh, Kansas. Sorry, you said that. Yeah, Kansas. Yeah. So, uh, just a few fun stories from her childhood. She read about a uh, the bubonic plague being spread by rats in Panama, which I guess is true at the time. Hmm. And so she reasoned that the rats that lived in their barn probably had the bubonic plague too. So her dad bought her a twenty two rifle. Yeah. Because he knew she was a tomboy, and he always advocated for her to be strong. That's a cool Don't dad. Fuck with people. So she went to the barn and just killed rats <laughs> they're 22 <laughs> shit uh, um she used to ride sleds down a hill uh which neighborhood boys would do and girls weren't supposed to so she got in trouble for that by by her parents yeah well her mom primarily yeah so that was you know your typical thing mom wants you to be proper dad's like yeah go have fun go get dirty <laughs> you know <laughs> that's cool uh they had her and muriel played this imaginary game called bogey where they sat in an abandoned uh carriage and uh, went on adventures, fought shadowy creatures. Shadowy creatures. Yeah. She actually said later in life that she's like, nothing that I've done in real life can really be as scary as the, the fear I faced against those shadowy, shadowy uh, gremlins. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of cool. Uh, with the help of her uncle, she built, uh, in quotations, a roller coaster in her backyard. It's a roller coaster in that they just put wooden wooden ramps that ran down from a shed to the ground. Yeah. And then greased the tracks with lard and got in a little wood crate and just flew the fuck down. <laughs> and hope you didn't, like, break something. Exactly. Yeah, and a lot of uh, biographies like to make jokes. That was her first flight because uh. she, she flew off of the tracks and shot through the air and landed on her face and got up and told her sister. She's like, it's just like flying. You know? <laughs> Girls will be girls. Yeah, her face is bleeding, and she's like, this is a great. Um, they, uh, let's see, they had lots of imaginary friends. Uh, she named the trees in front of her house after mythological Greek mythology creatures. She was way more creative than I ever was as a child. Yeah, just a precocious, creative, outgoing. None of the things that I ever was. Yeah. No. I feel depressed. We're like, we always look at all these cool people and then we suck. I did nothing with my child. I wasted my childhood on Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And Nickelodeon. Well, there's actually a whole children's book called Amelia Earhart Built a Roller Coaster that just sort of details all these cute stories. That's cool. Uh, for kids. Hmm. Um, you know, go, go read that. Okay. If you feel like it. Um, so in 1908, uh, she saw her first airplane at the Ohio, or sorry, Iowa state fair 1908 yeah so that's still pretty early yeah very early in fact she said she was very unimpressed with it it was just a mix of <laughs> rusted metal and old wood she's like this is it huh it did not spark her interest in being a pilot not not yet <laughs> not, <laughs> not that pilot shit that the wright brothers were fucking with yeah flimsy piece of shit goddamn things are a death trap yeah uh, the white the wright brothers were a little bit unhinged 
Yeah. Um, well, her dad, who was both a lawyer and a railroad claims officer, was actually also, unfortunately, an alcoholic. And he couldn't keep a job because of that. Bummer. So her family moved around a lot. She actually lived, as a child, she lived in uh, Atchison, Kansas, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, Philadelphia. Um, so they just moved around a shit ton? All over the place. She actually went to six different high schools. Whoa. And ended up graduating high school in Chicago. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Was she pretty good in school? Did, did they ever say anything yeah. back with her? She, she was, was, yeah, because she actually went on to um, work in being uh, in medical school. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Um, but in 1917, she was up in Toronto uh, training as a nurse's aide, uh, worked for the Red Cross, and handed out medication and stuff like that and oh, worked boy. in the kitchen. Did they happen to train for, like, airplane crash victims? Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite yet, Damn. but something a little bit worse. The 1918 Spanish flu came, swept through town. Damn. Uh, which is H1N1, which is what swine flu was. Right. Yeah, but the 1918 strain was considerably more violent. I guess you could say it's because of the, you know, lack of medical care that we luckily have now. I mean, I had swine flu when it came through, and I felt like I was going to die. But Did you really? I, yeah. What? I never went to the hospital, but I felt like I was going to die. I had, like, the worst body aches I could ever remember. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't move. When was this? When was swine flu? 2009? Oh. But I remember mm. the apartment I was living at, and I was going to college, so sometime in my 20s. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the 1918 flu was sort of the biggest flu that flu epidemic, I think, that is recorded in America. So did it kill a bunch of people? Oh, yeah, tons. Yeah. A lot of them actually went into this weird coma um, that nobody could figure out what caused it. Some kind of encephalitis that made people go into a coma, and then in the 60s, uh, Oliver Sacks and other team of people injected them with some chemical and woke them up. And oh, I remember hearing about this. And they were insane. Yeah. It's a pretty horrifying story. Yeah, it's I do a, remember this story. Oliver Sacks Awakenings, if you're into that. There's a book and a movie and stuff. Oliver Sacks, in and of himself, is fucking awesome. We might have to do one on a podcast on him. He actually just recently passed away. So, really? So, yeah. There you he, go. Was, he was quite a strange little man. Um, but when she got sick, she uh, suffered from like chronic sinus problems the rest of her life. That sucks. But while she was laying in bed, I think it took her two months to get better. Um, she learned how to play the be- uh, the banjo. Oh, that's cool. Neat. Yeah. I always wanted to play the banjo. Yeah. I have no talent, though. When I get sick, I don't learn instruments. Who is this person? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <right>? Jesus. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of uh, you know the singer Jack Johnson. Yeah. I love Jack Johnson, but it's Jill. he was a, a professional surfer who, like, broke his leg. And when he was laying in bed, that's when he just, somebody just gave him a guitar, and he's like, I'm just going to learn this now. And then he just And now he's just famous. fucking, yeah. <laughs> now he's just uh, very, very rich and successful from that one stint of learning the guitar. Some people are just cooler than we are. I was going to say, I, I break my leg, and I just I just lay in bed, and, like, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. I would just watch Netflix. Yeah. That's it. And I would probably abuse my medication. That's probably what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would, <laughs> I would find combinations of my medication with beer until my wife is like, you need to you need to be more careful. I'm yeah. Like, okay. And But like right then you're kind of like just out of it? What do I Yeah. Two more? Okay. Where the fuck was I? Oh, okay. So in 1919, she heads off to college 
and they did not allow women into Ivy Leagues at the time. Really? So she went to a couple of colleges, but ended up studying medicine at, uh, or pre-med at Columbia University. Is, it Columbia, is Columbia considered an Ivy League or no? It might be now, but I don't think it was then. Hmm. I actually don't know. I'm not sure either. Yeah. That's what this podcast is for. This <laughs> 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 is the learn shit. Well, when she was 23, um, she actually gave that up. She was like, I don't know. Medicine doesn't seem, it's, just, it's not hitting me right. Right. She was just kind of floating. So she moved to California, which is where her parents were living at the time because they kept moving around because her dad was still just at the bottom of a bottle. Yeah. Just moving around. Well, in, in uh, California, she started going to air shows. Ooh. So um, let's see. She, I guess that was just a thing, which now you can go to air shows. Yeah. But back then, like, they were everywhere, I guess, and state fairs had planes and stunt flyers and stuff. And she saw a show for the Aces, which is just what they call the guys who do tricks. Which is cool. Yeah. It's got That's a fancy name. The Aces. Yeah. She said that she was sitting with her friend watching a show, and some flyer noticed them, and he was like, oh, pretty girls. So he flew very close to them, directly overhead, like came at them head on. <laughs> Let's get the shit out of them. This will be their... Oh, there's, I'm totally going to get laid from this. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Ladies, as he flies by. Hello. <laughs> watch your arms. Watch your arms. Okay. Okay, well, not uh, that one. That uh, one's not missing a limb. I'm but gonna circle back and cut your hair with my <laughs> propeller. Well, um, her friend, of course, like a regular person, got up and ran off. She was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker's crazy. But Amelia just stood there. She was like, he's not going to hit me. Yeah. And as it flew overhead, she said that she felt... Something. She felt, so it worked. She felt mesmerized. She said, the plane spoke to me. I think that's just like the fact that you almost saw death and there's a, a lot of energy <laughs> going through the air around the you. adrenaline. <laughs> well, she she immediately creamed her pants and then did sleep with that guy later for, right. for changing her life. And then, well, okay, so she only slept with him because it was in the plane and she wanted to be in the plane. Right. She didn't really give a shit about him yeah. and his little dick. She was just like, let me sit in your plane. So that, that happened. Yeah. That happened. That's in the the documentaries. Don't write that down. And there are representations of it, you know, where they get actors together to recreate it. And mm. you see the plane going back and forth and says, if this plane's a rock and don't come up, don't, don't start the propeller. Pro- uh, propeller. Oh, wait, why wouldn't you want to start the propeller? Um, I was trying to find a better way to make that plane joke work. Mm-hmm. And now instead I'm going to go hang myself. Hmm. Well, she goes to another another air show in 1920 uh, with her dad, and there's a stunt pilot named uh, Frank Hawks. And for $10, for 10 minutes, she was allowed to go on a plane ride with Frank so Hawks. So let, let me get this right. Everybody who flies planes has a last name that sounds like something with flight. So you just have to have a last name like that, and you're like, I'm going to be a pilot. More or less. Nice. Yeah. I mean, if you're born with the last name, you know, Skywalker... You go on to fly in space, and if you're born with the name Earhart, you... Earhart Hawks. Yeah. That's cool. It's probably a fake name. Uh, yeah, so she went on this, this plane ride with Frank Hawks. Uh, nothing I could find say she that she fucked him in that plane. Uh, maybe he wasn't a good-looking guy. She actually did say that she found him kind of off-putting and arrogant. Really? Yeah, which I so, guess is probably the, the pilot's... 
So this is a totally different guy than the first guy that flew yeah. over. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this is her first plane ride, and she was hooked. She's like, this is fucking awesome. I'm just going to do this. So wait, did she get actually fly it, or was she just in it? I think she's just in it. All right. Yeah, because she doesn't start flying for a minute. She actually starts doing odd jobs to save up for flying lessons. Yeah. And she does, like, uh, she drives a gravel truck. She's a mail clerk. She's a stenographer for a telephone company. What's a stenographer? Like, take notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know what a stenographer does for a telephone company. That kind of makes me nervous that the telephones did not used to be entirely secure. She's like listening to Maude and Carol's conversation, and she's Probably. writing all the notes down. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing there. But her family was a little bit, uh, they were like, you're too smart to be a stenographer or driving a gravel truck. So um, with the help of her mom and, and her sister and some money she saved up, they got her flying lessons with a lady named uh, Anita Snook who actually went by Netta Snook, and she's a she's a female flight instructor. Um, Netta Snook sounds like a Harry Potter character right. to it, me. Yeah, it's a crazy last name. Um, but Netta. she looks like Lily Snook. Tomlin. So Lily do, Tom, who's do that? whatever you want with that info. She's a comedian oh. in like the 70s, 80s. So there were women at this time who were flying, just not mm-hmm. long distances? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, I mean, with her generation of peoples, when they start breaking records, right? I don't know anything else about Netta Snook except cool name. Yeah, and uh, was her first flight instructor, and she liked her a lot. She said that she was very nice, and she really liked the female pilot look. Shit, yeah, it was a badass look. Yeah, so to model herself after Netta Snook, she bought a flight jacket. You know, like those cool leather. Yeah, those are so cool. But you don't want to look like a chump. You don't want it to look crisp. So she slept in it for for a while <laughs> to get it creased up. That's smart. Which, yeah. That's kind of funny. It's like a fashion thing where like you go and like yeah, you know, wear out down your... Yeah. And uh, also, all female pilots had short hair. And, you know, she still didn't want to be a complete disappointment in her mom's eyes. Yeah. So she slowly, over several months, got her hair cut. So she like cut it a little bit. And a month later, cut it a little more and a little more until eventually she has the haircut that, you know, if you Google her now, she has pretty short hair. Well, don't they wear kind of like leather caps or something like that? Usually, yeah, yeah. when they're flying. Yeah. Which, yeah, if you had long hair, you don't want it to get in the fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good look. I yeah. Think. Netta had, long, or had short hair. Hmm. Um, Frank Hawks had short hair. You know? I think most men typically did, right? Yeah, unless you're some kind of fucking hippie. Back in the, what is this, the 20s? Yeah. Were hippies around in the 20s? Like, any kind of form? <laughs> no, in some form, I guess. Huh. Not like the 60s hippies. Right. You know, I think you had, like, the uh, the beat generation guys yeah. hanging out. Fucking hippies. <laughs> I know. I, Although I do love Jack Kerouac. You hate your, you hate your hippies. Yeah. You hate hippies. Love Jerry Garcia. hate hippies. They're the best. <laughs> 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 fucking get a job <laughs> get a goddamn job everything's not about free love oh my solar plexus dude oh I can see from my third eye mother nature's calling me <laughs> yeah it's telling you to get a fucking job <laughs> pay your taxes what are even what are even taxes man you know man the man wants you to pay taxes dude <laughs> That's what they want you to do. <laughs> I'm a citizen of the earth. Shut, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. 
All they do is talk. They talk a lot. They're the best, aren't they? Don't you love them? You know the visions I have on, on LSD, man. That's another universe. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that hippies ever did that was cool was free love. I'm fine with that. That's cool. <laughs> and, you know. And drugs. And the Beatles and alcohol. Music. All right, okay. So I, the reason I hate hippies is because I love hippie culture and I hate hippies in their face. Okay. Any hippie I ever met in the face, I just want to punch them. Yeah, that's fair enough. <sighs> I got to figure out my life. Um, she's, uh, finally, uh, right. So she's taking these flight lessons and she finally saves up enough money to buy her own plane. What? How much does a plane cost? I don't know. She it had, seems like she it's... had two grand. Shit. Saved. That's a lot of money. Right? It, it is for back then. I'm sure it's, yeah. it's a lot. Um, but she was able to buy what she called a second hand painted bright yellow, um, and one of the first light airplanes developed in America. It's it's called a Kinner Airster. It's a single engine, two seat biplane. Very very Wright Brothers looking. That's if, cool. If you look it up. But bright yellow, which is fun. She she actually called it the Canary. That's badass. But yeah, if you look it up, um, yeah, it's it's very Wright Brothers looking biplane. You know, two wings, little engine. Yeah. Definitely a death trap if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Or if, at least if you don't take it seriously. But she couldn't afford to uh, pay for the hangar rental, so she had to rent it out a bunch. And then she would fly for fun, and she started doing air shows. Um, in 1922, in this little shoddy machine, she actually did reach 14,000 feet in altitude, which was a record for female pilots at the time. Shit. So she's taking this rickety-ass thing and just going straight up. Straight the fuck up. That's crazy. You know, I was I've been reading about the um, Mercury project. What's the, that? It's like pre Apollo missions for NASA. Oh, okay. And um, a lot of those guys were old test pilots, and they took the V fifteen or the X fifteen straight the fuck up into the atmosphere. I remember thinking these people are goddamn crazy. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the same energy that she possessed, but she's just like, I'm taking this fucker up. That's badass. Let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens. What's the worst that could happen? Just death, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, oh shit. How's the story end again? Um, good. Oh, good. She's still around. All right, back to what you were saying. So, um, that was in 1922. In 1923, she becomes the 16th woman to be ever issued a pilot's license. That's pretty cool. Which means that she can officially give lessons and do air shows and shit like that. Right. Uh, in 1926, her parents divorced, so she moves to Boston to be a social worker. And she's still just, yeah, working jobs. Her eye on the prize is fucking flying. Yeah. She's just doing her best to keep the money to do that. Well, uh, flying back, going back to Boston, she didn't have all the money she needed, so she sold her canary. What? Broke my heart a little bit. But uh. she had some money because she bought a 1922 Kessel Gold Bug, which is not a plane. It's actually a sports car. But it's a very fucking snazzy-looking sports car. Hmm. If you look it up from, like, I mean, the 1920s sports cars are just badass. Looking. Yeah. They're bulky. They look like uh, mobsters should be hanging out in there. So why did she sell the Canary to then get this? Was it just... She's also really into cars and just anything mechanics. And it had a really big engine. And she was just turned on by that, I guess. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's cool. Did her... So... Did she hang out with her sister in this time? Did she like take her sister up flying or anything like that? On and off. Her her sister is 
by all accounts a nice lady, but the opposite in uh, disposition in that um, she's more about getting married, having kids. Um, Which is cool. Yeah, raising a family. In fact, she there's a documentary on Netflix right now that is all about the perspective of her kids. So like Amelia's nieces. Oh, okay. So it's her sister's daughters. Um, Did they grow up around her a little bit? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so they knew her, and, and they had a lot of nice stories about her. And, um, you know, one of the daughters, I don't remember their names, one of them is actually a really cool old lady, um, very, speaks very well, very articulate, and she said, you know, my my mothers were, or my mom and, and my aunt were both very strong women. They just saw the world with different perspectives. Yeah. It happens. That's fine. Yeah. I'm sure that her mom had a very satisfying life um, being boring. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and living, being there for her kids, I'm sure, because I don't think Amelia didn't have any kids, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. No, I'm sure having kids is its own adventure that I'm opting out of. Yeah, same season. Dogs are way fucking better. Yeah, than kids? Oh, yeah. Well, in 1927, Charles Lindbergh, uh, future people time topic, I'm probably. Nice. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's a name. Uh, he is the first person to cross the Atlantic, um, I think ever, in a plane. In his plane, the Spirit of the St. Louis, which is a single-engine, single-seat monoplane that was custom-built for the situation. So that was the longest flight. Uh, did this say how many miles that is? So it's about 4,000 miles. Shit, that's so that's the longest one that he... And so he crossed that. He crossed that, uh, as far as I know, and I have not looked into a lot about Lindbergh. Really, the only thing I know is that his kid got... Kidnapped later and held for ransom. What? Yeah, that's like one story I've heard about Charles Lindbergh, but I don't know a ton about him. I'm going to have to look that up later. But I'm pretty sure he did it alone, so he flew as the first person to cross the this, Atlantic. Did you say how long it took? 4,000 miles. I don't know how fast our planes go. Uh, let me see, because it's about 20 hours. Shit. So, so it's so about a day. Staying up all... Yeah. Shit, man. Just... Staring at the ocean and and your uh, the readings on your, on your plane. I hope I'm going the right way. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> right? It's a lot of ocean. It's, it's a, yeah, it's not like uh, Harriet Tubman. You can't you can't look at the moss growing on the trees. You gotta, yeah. I think you have to use a compass and know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Well, so he did that, and that got everybody's dick hard for flight. Yeah. I mean, the Wright brothers started that momentum, and it just kept going. Up and up and up. Nice pun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> High five and a million angels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good job. Oh. Just hit the... Well, I mean, yeah, think about that. Yeah, crossing the Atlantic Ocean in a day, that's got to be, like, just crazy. Yeah, I mean, a flight now to cross the Atlantic is a few hours, and I'm sure it's pretty daunting and obnoxious. But before that, all you had was boats, and boats are slow. How goddamn long would it take, you know? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know how long it would take, but, you know, sometimes yeah. you try it and you hit an iceberg and then later Leonardo DiCaprio wins a golden globe so huh. it's pretty intense sounds like that might be better than flying <laughs> well, yeah, if you're, it's if a long, you're Leo it's a longer movie <laughs> 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 well um, because of this uh, George Putnam is a publicist and promoter so he owns like a publishing company okay and he promotes individuals well, he wanted to get a woman to cross the Atlantic. And I don't know why, but they didn't want her to fly. What? <laughs> yeah, so he got two experienced pilots. Um, well, sorry, one experienced pilot, Wilmer Stoltz, and then a mechanic in case they go down named Lou Gordon. And they were going to cross the Atlantic 
um, with, with a woman just as a passenger. Yeah. So what is the, like? What is the purpose of this? Like, hey, check out. If we start doing hookers, we can get you over to the. Uh, we can get you over to Europe in no time. Yeah. So call us. What is not in any other resource except ours because it came from that plain song uh, right. lyrics. George Putnam was actually a pimp. So what he was trying to produce was the first quick, real-time... Um, delivery service. Prostitute delivery, yeah, wow. across the Atlantic. And he started working on, like, what if we go from, like, New York to Africa, or we go from, like, we go from, like, Europe into into China. He just had this whole, like, let's move these ladies. <laughs> so what did, what did Amelia think about this? She's fine with it. She, she loves, was like, I want to... She hookers. <laughs> Who does? She was fine as being being the passenger. I don't think she was psyched about it. In fact, there's some old newspaper articles. Sometimes I read old newspaper articles when I do research. Yeah, that suggested that she did fly occasionally. That she switched off with the pilot. Um, I think that was the perception that people had. But we know now, um, especially because she wrote in her autobiography that that didn't. She didn't. She was just in sitting she in the back. out. Yeah. Um, I think it was just to get. My understanding is so George Putnam wanted her to be a product that he could sell books with okay. and get advertising for. And he knew she was a pilot and an experienced pilot. So he's like, if we attach her name to another Atlantic flight and then put her in air shows, she's a name now. Bam. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So in 1928, they did this and, um, they crossed the Atlantic in, yeah, it took 20 hours and 40 minutes and they actually started to get low on, on gas and landed on, uh, the, an estuary in, uh, the Bristol Channel in England. What's that? Estuary. Estuary is like a, a river that feeds into. So they oh. so it's like a river that feeds into a channel. They land like on the banks. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So it's like and right some locals there. Locals were very surprised. Like the <laughs> fuck? It's <laughs> the Yanks. <laughs> Look out. Um, well, this got so much promotion. There were literal parades in Europe for them. Um, I don't know why that surprises me. I was just like, really? Yeah. It's- I, I, mean, I guess cool. it's got to be exciting when you're back then. I, it's cool. Yeah. But they, she had parades. She um, went back to America, and there was more parades. And she, Did she fly back? No. I think they, I think they took a boat oh. back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Huh. Yeah. And then she met with President Coolidge, who I don't know anything about. Yeah. But she wrote her first book called 20 Hours and 40 Minutes about the experience. That's cool. You can look that up. Uh, George Putnam then put her on a lecture tour to just keep her name up she then bought another airplane called an avian it's an avian 7083 which is another sleek looking plane and she was the first woman to cross uh, north america with that that's cool so wait she must been getting the money from all of her flying and stuff well at this point with george they're getting her endorsements oh okay from companies that make planes and companies that make engines and companies that make luggage yeah because she's like a name now um, it's like a brand. Yeah, exactly. She's a brand. So sh- she's either renting these planes or they're being borrowed to her f- for these promotions. Or, she, yeah, she's got some change now. That's cool. So she's buying planes. So in uh, 1929, there is the Woman's Air Derby, which was also derogatorily called the Powder Puff Tournament. Um, you know, like when anything is exclusively female, they call it Powder Puff. Because yeah. Men are the worst. I was going to say, that's still a thing today. It's, when I was in high school, we had a powder puff football team that was all female. Which was, I remember even at the time thinking like, this is just so we can oogle them. <laughs> this is nothing about athletics. Yeah. And I think that's how men referenced this women's air derby. They were like, 
Look at these chicks. Rather than just being like football, and then people you know could go to the game. They're like, hold on, hold on, it's with women, and everyone's oh. like, powder puff. Oh, oh shit, powder puff. Oh, so they got to do their makeup first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, so that's offensive. Yeah, whatever. That's okay. Uh, chicks are hot though. Not uh, yeah. Yeah, let's let's make sure I'm not being I'm, you know I'm not virtue signaling here. <laughs> it just happens to be that I find it offensive to call exclusively women stuff powder puff. Right. Although, you know, like. If if you were to call a lesbian orgy powder puff, I'm fine with that. Sure. Yeah. And that's what the Women's Air Derby was. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, 19 female pilots had a race from California to Cleveland. And it was highly publicized. I mean, for one, it was just sort of newsworthy and that it was all women. Yeah. And there weren't a ton of female pilots, but uh, there were 26 that qualified, hmm. 19 that actually made the flight. And California to Cleveland's a good distance, so it, they stopped off in different places, and there were people there, and everybody cheered, and so, you know, it garnered a good amount of news. Um, Who won? Not her, but <laughs> <laughs> she called it, uh, quote, a chance to play the game as men play it by rules established for participants as flyers, not as women. That's cool. So she was psyched that she was That's doing good. something. Where she's like, yeah, it's not about our genitalia. We're yeah. just good pilots. That's cool. Which is the case because they um they actually had like especially back then shit seriously like women were not treated people not really yeah i mean it, i think because we were talking i don't not 100 percent on when suffrage was but i don't think she could vote yeah i don't think so not 100 percent on that what were we talking about in the are we in the early 30s now late um, 20s we are in the 30s well it's 1929 yeah i don't i don't think so either way if they could it's like brand spanking new. yeah so yeah the fact that uh that this even happened is pretty pretty kick-ass anyway. Yeah. Well, it got a lot of attention on the second stop before they landed in Cleveland. They were in Columbus, Ohio, and there were 20,000 spectators. Damn. Who were psyched to see the the lesbian orgy uh, land on their beautiful city. On their strips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just goo it up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, a pilot named... Uh, Luis Thaden actually came in first. Uh, another one called Gladys O'Donnell came in second. Uh, Amelia got third, and she was awarded $875. Nice. Which, actually, in today's money, I looked it up, is $5,100. That's pretty good. I mean, five grand. Yeah, that's nothing to shake a stick. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, cool. That's fucking kick-ass. Well, this, uh, this lesbian orgy was super cool because it got all these pilots in one room together. And they all had, obviously, something in common, orgies. And there was a lot of camaraderie and friendship amongst them from that. So it actually inspired them to create an organization that advocated for female pilots. Yeah. And they created a group that is still around called the 99s. Well, that's badass. So this is an organization of female pilots? That's it. They're still around. I mean, they do um, scholarships. They actually host events. They are... Uh, one of the accredited organizations through the FAA that uh, train pilots. Yeah. They do safety seminars. Um, so they're still running around. Badass. And they're still called the 99s. Well, they, Why 99s? Did they ever say what the name was from? Well, so they, when they were all in the room, they were so psyched about what they wanted the, the group to be called. They almost called themselves the Noisy Bird Women. <laughs> luckily uh, that, I'm glad they didn't go with that. I don't think they'd still be around if that were the case. They also <laughs> almost went with the Gadflies. What are, what is a gadfly? A gadfly is just a type of fly. I think it actually sucks your blood. 
I don't know why the fuck they were going. It just sounds hardcore, man. Nature's fucking metal. When I read that, and I was like, gadflies? Go with galflies. At least make it a pun. But no, it was actually, I don't know if this was just because the documentary and the stuff I read is geared towards her, but it said that it was her who was like, I'm not down for any of that bullshit. Let's just call it after the number of members. So it was first called the 86s, then the 97s. And then the 99s, and when they hit the 99s, they're like, that's a good name. Let's that just, just sounds, stay with it. Yeah. Like the 100th lady was like, yeah, we're going to call the 100s now. And they're like, like no, no you're not important. <laughs> I don't, we don't care that you're here. That sounds stupid, the 100s. Oh, God. What a God. Yeah, let's call ourselves the Gadflies. Get out. <laughs> we're 99 again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, they're still around. Uh, and if you are uh, a woman, you, you could go apply for a scholarship well shit my uh my wife wants to do she went up and flew a plane she flew it yeah i know you f- stupid motherfucker jumped out of one yeah so we, we've gone skydiving but uh her parents for her last birthday uh, gave her flight lessons i like, remember that now it's like a one uh, it wasn't the full lessons but she got to go up and you know take the class go up and kind of fly it around a little bit and if she wants to like go up and do more I, i've encouraged her to do so because she hey, liked it a lot. Well, she can it's kind go. Of expensive, but it's totally worth it, man. She can go onto their website and see what kind of um, flight lessons they have. Yeah, badass. She could be part of the ninety nine. Well, and actually, they the the ninety nine still um, maintain and operate the Amelia Earhart Museum in, in in Atchison, Kansas, where she was born. Oh, cool. And their headquarters are over there. Um, I'm si- I'm kind of sick of my wife picking our vacations. So now you're going to pick that one as our next... I actually insist on our next vacation being a road trip where we go see the uh, the Crazy Horse Monument statue and then go down into Kansas and see this museum. I don't know the Crazy Horse. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> this guy, like way back, I think in like the 20s, started... It's a mountainside. Yeah. And he started carving Crazy Horse's face into it. And some other people picked it up and they kept doing it. And they, So it's not finished yet. It just keeps going. It is the biggest, if it is ever finished, it's the biggest monument to a person on the planet. Like, if you think about, um, what's that mountain with all the presidents on it? Yeah, Rushmore. Rushmore. So, he, God, we're on people time for God's sake, man. I'm the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, the crazy horse face, I think, is five times bigger than the faces on Mount Rushmore. Fuck. It's fucking huge. So I, I want to go see that. Anyway. Did you like how I also said, where are we going on, on our next one? Is that is that what you're putting on ours? <laughs> I think our wives are in charge of that, so yeah. that's probably what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in 2010, or last numbers I could find, in 2010, the 99 gave $180,000 worth of scholarships. So, yeah, they are definitely up and running. That's cool. Well, so since George is in charge of her now, he's pretty much her manager. He He arranges all her flights, her lecture tours, and her endorsements and gets her into um she actually ends up endorsing a line of luggage and sportswear hmm. and stuff like that is it like slapped with her name like or is there a picture or a logo is it just say amelia or is it just the fact that she's promoting actually, it herself at this point she's just promoting it. it's just her face yeah yeah um but i thought that was pretty funny that she advertises luggage it's <laughs> 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 funny so but in in february 7th of 1931 um well, I should say the build-up to this. George is in love with Amelia. Ooh. And Amelia's very independent, and he keeps 
proposing to her, and she keeps saying no. That's pretty funny. So in uh, and awkward. Yeah, it fuck right. She he's like, she's I like, got another job for you, but you should marry me. She's like, Nah, nope. And he's like, uh, Okay, will you go do the work? Okay, I got another. Think con- about it. Just think about when you're. So he pulls up. He's like, here's a contract for the next um, air show we're doing if you want to sign here. And then this right here is a marriage certificate if you want to just sign right here. No? No? No. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> so in uh, 1930, he dressed up in a foam costume of an airplane and started coming at her like, and he did like a low pass. Now I know why she's. And then he got on his knees and she, she was like, okay, I will marry you. She did? She married him? She actually did. Uh, yeah, in February. Is that really true about the. The styrofoam. 100%, yeah. You lie a lot, so I think <laughs> Shaq. Yeah, I do lie a lot. No, she uh, No, she just finally caved. I think, it was after, <laughs> I think it was like seven or eight attempts. She finally was like, okay, I'll marry you. Because that would be hilarious. He'd be like, I'm coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to recreate that moment that she fell in love with planes. Right. And it worked. Nice. Good, good for George. So she finally caved. You know, that, I, that seems to be the case. If you ever hear about people who kept trying in like i would say like rom-coms well where it's creepy <laughs> yeah well i even like real stories and it's always like before the 60s like it works like in like isn't that what uh johnny cash did with his wife and yeah that's like, true i feel like there's just like i can't think off the top of my head now but there's been like eight stories i've heard where like they just kept pushing and finally the person was like okay where they just this poor woman just caves <laughs> yeah, just just wear like, them oh, down i guess all right which luckily that's not the case anymore. I think if a woman tells you no these days, yeah. If you ask again, you get me tooed. <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna say or fucking, uh, yeah, you're, you're uh, getting on what is it called? Creeper list of some kind. Yeah, yeah. The sex sex yeah. offender registry. You get slapped with. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep your space, gentlemen. Jesus. It, no means no, even in proposals. Unless you get for, not for George. Unless you get eight times in, then by eight, then you're good. Yeah. I don't know what the number is. I mean, <laughs> if, if if you approach a woman in an airplane suit, there is no no. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Was he a handsome man? Yeah, he looked okay. I mean, not is so... Amelia attractive looking? I find her attractive. Yeah. yeah, maybe not in the traditional sense. You know, she's not a bombshell or anything, but yeah, she's a very um, I don't know. She's very soft features. Uh, super she's smart and very smart. Yeah, does not give a fuck. And that's badass. And that's what gets me hard. Jesus, graphic. Well, I'm hard right now just talking about it. <laughs> I like it because you use that, uh, you know, as kind of a, I don't know, a slang metaphor and other things. And then <laughs> when it comes up in this, in a this sense, we're like, that's what gets yeah. me hard. I know. Shit. Yeah, like at work, if a coworker does a good job, I'm like, that spreadsheet makes me hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The HR guy does not appreciate the humor. <laughs> the HR he didn't get me. I showed him the spreadsheet. I was like, "Doesn't this make you hard, Brad?" <laughs> He's like, "You gotta, you gotta stop. You have to stop saying these things." Look, I know you're trying to be funny, but "try" <laughs> is the main word here. You dude. don't get me. Whatever, whatever. I'm just gonna you go back to work. Get it? I'm just gonna sit in my work. Nobody my, understands me. My desk with my own boner <laughs> in my own cubicle. <laughs> God damn! Throw this right up, right in the garbage. Yeah. After I rub it on my penis. Well, she. Uh, would not take his name, like I kind of mentioned before, um, which I say fuck yeah to. Shit, yeah. Yeah. She did not want to be Amelia Putnam, which to be fair- Putnam? He should have changed his name to her last name. Well, that's actually funny you mentioned that because she, the media 
just due to the fact that it's way back when things were stupid, would refer to her as Mrs. Putnam. And she's like, mm. She actually laughed at that and then in interviews would refer to him as Mr. Earhart. That's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, it's badass. She would literally laugh at the reference and then be like, yeah, well, my husband, Mr. Earhart. <laughs> so she was so ahead of her time in that independent way of thinking where even what was so traditional and probably even legal that you take your husband's name, she laughed at. She's like, I don't got to do that shit. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm me. She just sounds like a badass. She seriously does. And here's the other great thing. On their wedding night, she wrote a letter. And I don't know if she wrote it to him, but she gave it to him, to George, on their wedding night. And the letter detailed that they would have an equal dual partnership that <laughs> cool. would not be held to medieval code of faithfulness. Yeah, this yeah. is badass, dude. <laughs> Which I want to hang out with Amelia. In, in my interpretation, means if, if we're on a different continent, we're fucking other people, and that's fine. <laughs> You know, her, yeah. I don't know what that means. But and she's like an eye flyer on the world. So. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I wish I hadn't married a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, they they uh, they never ended up having kids. She just didn't want them. She felt like they would interfere with her goals. Um, her niece did say that she gave her sister birth control advice. Um, her sister, Mariel. And her, her niece actually had a good laugh about that. She's like, well, if she would have taken that advice, I would have been out of the picture. I yeah. <laughs> I like I like that old lady. She's a, That was a fun documentary. Yeah. Well, in 1931, she recorded another record, uh, not for women, for all people. Shit, yeah. Reaching a world altitude record of 18,415 feet. Um, Damn. In what's called an autogyro, um, which I recommend you... Google, an autogyro is a helicopter plane. So it has wings and a propeller, but then it also has the uh, helicopter propeller. Weird. So it looks awkward as fuck to fly. Yeah. But she was able to get the goddamn thing way up there. It's like, as long as it's got wings and an engine, I don't give a fuck. Millie don't care. Yeah. Millie don't give a shit. And so she took that up, and that's... Is that... Um... Does that end up staying the record for her, the rest of her life, or does it get broken? Do you know, it has not been broken yet. Well, unless you count like space shuttles, I guess airplanes. I do not. Oh. I actually have stopped taking records since 1931. So as far as I know, perfect. She's the only one who's beat it. <laughs> yeah, I think Neil Armstrong tried, um, but nobody cared. All right, because they were like, "You're not like a badass bitch. Yeah, you're just some white guy." <laughs> uh, I now understand why that. Why her husband was trying so hard, like after being told no, he's like, I got, I gotta lock this down. I think that's, she's a badass. This is a cash cow for him. Unfortunately, is how I. And saw she's it. making all these rules. He's like, yeah, anything, whatever. Yeah, yeah it's baby. fine. Yeah, I'll sign whatever. Yeah. Yeah, oh, does this mean I can fuck other people? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> he's like, this is a nice little. I didn't know that was coming. In. Hello. It'd be funny if he was like against it and she was for it. He's like, I don't even. Like, I know you'll land another guy. Like, please don't do that because you might not come whoa, back. Whoa, 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 whoa. I can't get another person, like, Nobody as cool else as you. has the foam airplane suit, okay? <laughs> I told you I'm only wearing that for you. That got her. That got her to stay. She never cheated on him. Nice. I actually don't know that. But in May 20th <laughs> of 1932, um, she is still not totally respected as a pilot, which in my mind at this point is pretty... That's weird. She's not? Well, and to be fair, her biggest accomplishment is crossing the Atlantic, and she didn't fly. And everything else she did was sort of sidelined. Well, she went up the highest. Yeah, but people discounted that because the autogyro was like this experimental wacko craft. I think everybody said, well, I could do that. I'm stupid. I mean, they don't have balls as big as her, so no, yeah. you couldn't. Yeah. But 
I'm sure people convinced themselves of that. I'm surprised she was able to get it up there, fitting her balls in there. Like, it was <laughs> yeah. probably so fucking heavy. heavy. Yeah, <laughs> but she did. That's an. How much weight can this thing take? She's <laughs> going up. <laughs> She's getting in there, and they're like. I don't know, with your balls, if this thing's even going to go up. She's like, shut up, I can do it. It'll go up. They all go up. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> well, she actually decided, well, fuck that. I'm going to cross the Atlantic by myself. Shit, yeah. That'll that'll seal the deal. So Putnam, her I, George. Her husband, yeah. Is actually a really great publicist. So he set it up. He's like, all right, well, let's do it on the five-year anniversary of Lindbergh flight because that's already going to have its own news People yeah are gonna be like remember when that happened so we'll throw you into that then we're going to take a plane and not name it usually na- planes have a name he's like we're not going to name the plane so that the only name in the article is yours nice okay bam because like smart, when you look up Lindbergh's flight it says in the spirit of st louis right and the one they crossed in the lack before was called the friendship was the name of the ship mm-hmm. so he's like well we just won't name the fucking thing why don't they just name it amelia would it just be confusing? Amelia Earhart flies Amelia Earhart through the... <laughs> <laughs> that would've, yeah, that would have been yeah. a little confusing. Amelia Earhart flies the Amelia Earhart. And yeah. I was like, is that a typo? What is that? Wait. She got inside herself. Is this some sort of sexual thing? I don't get it. So she jumped in herself. And flew? And then flew 4,000 miles. I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, she got a Lockheed Vega 5B, which is this little... Well, I guess it's not actually really little. It's a pretty big size plane for um, personal air flight. She actually called it her little red bus. <laughs> um, it's a six-seat monoplane, which is... Six seats? It's a huge. Damn. You, you can take passengers and shit. Um, she actually used... Well, other people had used this model in the past to break uh, speed records. And so she thought, all right, this is the fucking thing I'm taking. So she crossed the Atlantic alone and... I guess it was pretty treacherous. There was like a lot of rain. The wings iced over. She had mechanical problems. At one point, the engine lit on fire. What? Yeah. What um, caused it? Is it just failure? Yeah, just old timey shit. It was engine. enough that she was able to fix it. Damn, I guess. Like <laughs> in midair, like oh, we're gonna land this thing and then we'll fix it's it up. Better fix it. Yeah, it did have one of those uh, those landing gear things that floats in the water. Oh yeah, yeah. I should know what that's called at this point. Does anyone it's know? Escaping my name. There's actually not a name for it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody just calls them the water things. Mm-hmm. The water thingies. Look, they're plane floaties. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Plane. Fl- so she had plane floaties. Yeah, water wing floaties. Water wing plane floaties. <laughs> yeah. That's the mechanical terminology. Right. Sorry if you guys can't follow our logic. It's technical language. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did say that at one point she read a drop of 3,000 feet uh, in one of these storms where, like, you know, like when you hit turbulence on a plane and your stomach goes into your throat? Yeah, so you, you can feel almost like you fall a little bit. Yeah, she had that. Did not lose her shit. Uh, just kept of flying. Of course not. So she was aiming for Paris. She took off from uh, New York, I believe, and was aiming for Paris. Um, but the trickster god named um, Misogynius actually <laughs> blew a big gust of wind, and she ended up uh, landing in Ireland. Hmm. And a, That's still cool. a local farm guy actually approached her and he's like, how far have you flown from? <laughs> it's like America. That's actually what she said. <laughs> the guy was like, no shit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and this is a fast fucking plane because last time they did this, uh, it took 20 hours. She did it in 15 hours. Damn. Which I don't know if I look up like a Delta flight right now to England, it's going to be close to that. Yeah, right? <laughs> Jesus. She's, she's just fucking 
lead lead foot in it like fucking <laughs> fucking get there yeah well where she landed interestingly there's a wildlife sanctuary now called the amelia Earhart center that's that's cool yeah they were very respectful about that um the farmer that asked her that that silly ass question is dead now oh was he alive recently ish he just died yesterday you're so full of shit i know i don't even know why i lie <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even sure why i do it <laughs> Um, when she got back, she's quoted as saying, you know, it, it would have, it would sound more exciting if I only could admit being shockingly frightened, but I honestly wasn't. She's such a hard ass. She's just, she just made a steal. She's yeah. like, I know that for your newspaper, it'd be better if I was like, oh, it's scary, but I don't know. She's like, it was whatever. It wasn't as scary as those. She's like, I got hungry a little bit and. I had a sandwich. Yeah. They're, uh, I mean, I just kept thinking of those, uh those gremlins from my childhood and they were much scarier than falling into the ocean, I guess. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just pictured then 20 hour, when it was a 20 hour flight, do you just like hold it in or do you just put your butt over the edge of the, I don't know. And then just like, I'm just going to shit over. I mean, I guess it's a guy. It's like when you go fishing, right? You just go over the side. I don't know what she's doing. She yeah. had, what are those called? <laughs> you know, the little, little piss buddies or whatever they are. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. Uh, the The person who requested that we do this person uses those when she goes fishing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a little, a little, a little cup for the ladies. Yeah. So Amelia Earhart invented that device. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. I'll just throw that out there. That's also from the the uh, the lyrics of the album that we're referencing. Right. There's a whole song about it, like Amelia's little pee device. <laughs> Peeing out the side and dump it down onto the ground. <laughs> Hit some guy, yeah. We're feeding the fish with our shit, didn't it? Didn't it? We're feeding the fish with our shit. That's a, it's a really phenomenal album, you guys. Yeah. Um, go go, Ian Williams, English country star. Oh, I wasn't singing country. I probably should have been. Uh, I, I, that's what I heard in my head. Okay, good. It was like a whole twangy thing. <laughs> You're a country singer now. Nice. Well, she won a bunch of uh, records and awards for that. Just you name it. I mean, yeah. places in, in Europe, places in America, the presidency, they were just all like, hey, you're the second person across the Atlantic alone. You're yeah. the first woman to ever do it. Um, you invented that device where you piss off the side. Here's yeah. a bunch of awards. So she got her, recogni- her recognition. She got what us. she thought. That's pretty badass. Yeah. And especially, yeah, like like George set up, the articles were only about her. That's cool. So wait, did she fly back or? <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> she, took, she took a boat. I actually don't know. Put the plane on there and say, yeah, it's like, yes, take special gas. I actually wondered about that a lot because she does a lot of those trips where she flies from one place to the next to make a record. I'm like, did you fly there? Isn't that already the record? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I think I doubt maybe they would take, take trains and shit there and then yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, she... When she landed in Europe, she toured all over. She met she met the Prince of Wales, the King of Queen of uh, Belgium. She even met Mussolini. What? Yeah, who she she called more gracious than most Americans are probably aware of. Which what at this point she probably doesn't know he's a yeah raging anti semite. Did she happen to meet a strange? Guy that hated the name um, Bugsy, Bugsy. <laughs> <laughs> who was so she, just sitting there. Like... She ran into a meeting with this very angry uh, Jewish fellow who, <laughs> mafia, yeah, hitman, <laughs> who pulled her aside and was like, 
I could knock off this motherfucker for you if you want. And she's like, I don't think that's necessary. She's like, what? He seems gracious to me. And, she, and Bugsy's like, well, yeah, he is gracious, but I don't like his fucking face. And then she's like, you want to go have sex? Because I have this deal with my husband. That... And he's like, I don't even have a deal with my wife. I fuck whoever I want. <laughs> I hate that I'm such a pervert. I can't not make sex jokes. And I want everyone to we know You got this great not... woman here that's done all these accomplishments. <laughs> and you're like, and then she got fucked. Here's what everyone needs to know. I'm making it as she is having sex with people because she's in charge. Because she's cool. Yeah. This is, it's not just because she has a vagina. Sounds like a really bad way of trying to save it, but... Yeah. I'm not trying to save anything. I just, you know... <laughs> she's also a really kick-ass person. Yeah. Who had sex with Bugsy, Bugsy Siegel at Mussolini's headquarters? Sure. No. That, Don't write that down. Yeah, that part didn't happen. So she... <laughs> with her fame now, she starts um, doing whatever the fuck she wants. She's doing air shows, and she's uh, training people to be a pilot. She actually also designed a line of clothes for women nice which um wait my, just normal clothes like like normal wear no it was active wear oh cool so nike style active wear hmm. for the active woman hmm. that's what the advertisement said which were still dresses but... actually the the advertisement said last text the miracle latex yarn snug where it should loose where it should is that really what it said at least that's what the advertisement said that i read it sounds kind of like an old-timey advertisement. And what's funny is it's called Lastex, as opposed to what we call it now, which is elastic. Yeah. You know, like stretchy jeans. Oh, yeah. That's what she was using. That's cool. She, she designed a bunch of outfits for uh, the active woman. Uh, it didn't sell super well. I mean, it was it was the Great Depression at this point. Oh, right. Yeah. It was poor. And she's from a she's not from a rich family, but they were fine. Yeah. Uh, they actually had a lot of, like, land investments and family money so i don't think the great depression particularly hit her all that hard so maybe she didn't calculate that no one's gonna buy my last text clothes yeah i don't know that's just an aside <laughs> but she um sewed and designed these things by herself in her new york department and sold, oh, them, cool. at, sold them at macy's she was also a uh, uh her face was used for an advertisement on lucky strike cigarettes really just fun. That's gotta be pretty cool if you can find a box of those. I oh, wonder if those are rare. Like how rare those are. Probably super rare. They gotta be, right? I wonder if you can still find even any. I'd like to look it up and then smoke them. I always heard Lucky Strikes was a good brand. They don't. They are not around anymore. Yeah, I don't know. But they used her face and said, um, "The cigarette that was smoked continuously from Traspassi to Wales. No throat irritation. No cough." <laughs> that's fucking cool. <laughs> not gonna lie. That's I don't know. <laughs> Advertising cigarettes is pretty deplorable, but at the time they didn't know. Right. Yeah. Or at least they, most people didn't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe what, none of them did. I have no idea what they actually knew. How, how could you fool yourself? I mean, I'm a smoker. It definitely makes me feel like shit. Yeah. And I do it because. But it also makes I'm you feel addict. good. Oh, so good. Yeah. It's a it's a love hate. <sighs> Hit pause. I need to I need to suck the little dick right now. Would you? Like? No. Oh no. I'll just smoke in your basement. That's fine, right? I think it's weird that you're like, I'll just suck the little dick. And like, would you? <laughs> huh? Pull, huh? pull it out. <laughs> um, she next flew from Honolulu to California in her Lockheed Vega. That's a 2,400-mile trip. Damn, yeah. Um, and like you've been asking, I was curious how she got to Honolulu first. I 
think she took a boat, which seems weird. <laughs> <laughs> She's a hiker. <laughs> yeah. But she was the first person, not the first woman, again, first person to solo anywhere in the Pacific. That's cool. So she made this flight by herself. She was also the first person to do both the Pacific and the Atlantic. So she crossed both, and no one yeah. else had ever done that before. Damn. You'd think that'd be scary. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, you would. Even if you went by boat one time, I'd come out fly there. Well, I don't know. I don't even like flying in a plane over land. No. Over water's just a psychic nightmare for me. Yeah. And she's in these little planes that, I mean, the engines light on fire, and that's like a casual thing. She's like, oh, I got to fix that later. <laughs> Fuck, I got to pour water on the engine. All right, I guess I'll... Yeah, once I land, I'll get that all. Well, she uses up. her little vagina device to just piss on it. Oh, the peen. Mm-hmm. Nice. Seems to work out really so, well. She was pretty mechanical, yeah? I mean, she did all the fixing and stuff of her planes or what? Um, She could do nominal stuff. Cool. Yeah, she, I don't think she was like officially a mechanic, but yeah, she could do the basic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, this Honolulu, California flight sounds like you would expect. It was paradise. She just yeah. She said it was very calm at some point. At one point, she actually changed her radio transmitter from so like you would keep your transmission open to ships in the area or or um places where you could land in an emergency yeah she switched the channel over to an am radio station and listened to classical music. <laughs> are you serious yeah because she was like it was so smooth she was just like there's no storms the weather was good the plane was good i just flew it that's cool because like if you see ships below and you're like hey how's it going hello and now back to am radio yeah, she just clicked on to uh, talk radio and now it'd be pretty. Put her feet up. Yeah, it's probably actually a, a transmission that was sent back in time. She's actually listening to us now, and she's like, "Wait a second, I die later." What the and fuck? Then it cuts out to normal AM radio. This got super meta. Yeah. Like, what if she flew through the Bermuda Triangle, as we all know has alien influence? Sure. And yeah, there was a time warp, and she's hearing our voices. That'd be cool. Okay, Amelia, I'm sorry, for there. The, I'm sorry for the sex jokes. I really am. She's like, that's I'm not going to stop making them. That's hilarious. You're awesome. Um, you do die later. Sorry. And that's the last thing she hears. It just also now goes back. That would be fucking awful. <laughs> what? Could you imagine if you just turned on the radio and you heard your voice from the future? And you were like, <laughs> you're going to die later. And you're like, <laughs> no. Yeah, no shit. T- tell me more. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Fuck. Well, um, she then flew from Los Angeles to Mexico City and then Mexico City to New York. Uh, yes, this is more records she's breaking. Um, she ends up being the aviation editor for Cosmetolo- Cosmet- Cosmopolitan Magazine. Yeah. Where she wrote pieces about um, her history and the history of flying and her love of flying. Most of her pieces were about encouraging women to not only like do your own thing, but take flying lessons. Um, achieve your own orgasm. Do your own thing. Shit, yeah. Go after it. Go get it. Yeah. Eh. Go get it. That's what all her articles said. Go get get yours. Get yours. But in like a Kansas accent, which I don't know how to do. Me either. I don't know. Um, she wrote an autobiography called "For the Fun of It." This was unfortunately a little early in her life to be writing it on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the autobiography did the same thing advocated women to just do what you want have fun I mean the book is called For the Fun of It which I think is a great way to frame female empowerment because at the time if you're a female who goes and gets your own people look at you like you're a freak or yeah. you're abnormal or you're trying to uh, prove something and she's like no just go 
Do what you want because it's fun. Go have an enjoyment. You're a person. Yeah. You're a person like any other person. Do whatever you want. Um, well, she she did in this book like set out to show how female pilots are like anybody else. You know, she said some are slim, some are plump, some are mothers, some are single, some like golfing, some like swimming. Yeah. We're just fucking people, guys. Yeah. We just have vaginas. What's the deal? Which is cool. Yeah, vaginas are cool. Yeah. Um, a quote from that book is, it has always seemed to me that boys and girls are educated very differently. Uh, too often, little attention is paid to individual talent, and instead, education goes on dividing people according to their sex and putting them in little feminine and masculine pigeonholes. Dude, she was just super smart. Like, I don't know how much of the women's movement is going on during this time frame. But I feel like this is something that's still, like, a thing that yeah. we're... She's just calling it like it is to the point where it's still relevant. Yeah. Like, yeah, you still see little girls and boys acting very exclusive to what we see their gender as. Yep. Um, it's a lot less now, but still there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you expect a young boy to play soccer and a young girl to go to ballet, but if they want to switch, ooh, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That boy can't wear tights. I wear fucking... Leggings, I don't give a shit. We don't need to talk about that. It looks good, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm fine with people wearing whatever they want. Is it hard to not look at the bulge, be honest? It is. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Perfect. Oh, man. All right. But little boys can do ballet if you're an, if you're a talented little dude who can stretch. Even if you're not talented, if you just like doing it. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. That's just what have I'm, fun. Have fun. That's what Amelia Earhart said. Yeah. She said, hey, little boys, just tuck your little pee-pee. <laughs> tuck it and go do whatever you want. Or don't. And everyone was like, why does she insist on tucking? That's odd. <laughs> she didn't need to say that. <laughs> She's like, I don't really like it. I don't, like I don't know. It. I don't want to see that. <laughs> it felt right at the time. I had fun. I was having fun with it. Um, 1935, she worked uh, for Purdue University as a female career consultant. So... Yeah, women students would come to her, and she'd give them life advice, career advice. That's cool. Yeah, which was, I'm sure, very uh, inspirational for many people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's an article from the Atchison Daily Globe, um, which is her hometown, and she it's just, I'm just bringing this up because it's hilarious. It's another old article, and she was coming into Atchison for something like a parade or some ceremony. Sure. She was a very busy lady. So they wrote an article about it, and it's just so funny because the person who wrote it said she was not only on time for our appointment, she was a day early. Take note of that, people who say women are always late. <laughs> <laughs> and then it said that it made sure to say that she takes her own notes during interviews, and the person asked her why, and she's like, well, I'm always being misquoted, so I take my own notes, and they thought that was important enough to put in the article. Huh. And then, Which uh, would be funny if they misquoted. <laughs> <laughs> right. And... Uh, she she's uh they asked her if, if uh george likes being the passenger when she's in charge they're asking like does he yeah. feel emasculated well she answered the question as well we just got our seats upholstered so he's happy to be sitting in upholstered seats instead of having to sit with fuel tanks in his lap like he usually does <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she's such a uh, she's such she just, badass she just does not give a fuck at yeah. all she's like yeah he's fine <laughs> um 
1937, she has got what has been her ambition for a long time. Most people are not aware of this, but she attempted a flight around the world. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know that, did you? I, I heard that she tried to. Yeah, that's actually the main thing most people know. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing I know. So the lady who won that um, powder puff competition before, mm -hmm. uh, Louise Thadden, was one of her close friends at this point. And Louise said that the last words that she had in a conversation with Amelia was they were talking about how inherently dangerous this trip is. Yeah. And, she, and, and Louise said that, that Amelia said, if I bop off, uh, it'll be doing the thing that I've always wanted to do. Shit, yeah. So she took off. So... What year is this? This is 37. Okay. So in her Lockheed Electra 10E with modifications. So Lockheed Electra is another bulky, big hole kind of thing, but a big engine, big pretty machine. Yeah. Uh, she got some modifications on it so that it could go 2,400 miles without refueling. So the idea is you go from spot to spot to refuel, but you want that spot to be further away. Right. So she had some modifications done to it for that. Um, it's it's this big, beautiful two-engine monoplane. I'm really into planes now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I spent yeah. a few days looking at pictures of planes. I'm like, hey, this is a nice pretty. One. Well, she called it her flying laboratory because um, it was big and it had a lot of pieces in it and it had been modified. Yeah. She's always calling her plane something fun. It's cool. Well, it was planned as uh, a 29,000-mile trip that she would follow closely to the equator that she actually, I think she was kind of su like satisfied with her celebrity and standing as an aviator, but knew that not only would this trip solidify her probably indefinitely, but it also give her material for her next book, which is yeah. actually what she had her eyes set on. She's like, I can write down all these stories and just be famous. Um, in 37, she has uh, a navigator and a mechanic with her. And they actually fly from California to Hawaii, which was the starting of the trip from California to Hawaii. And then they were going to go to Australia. Yeah. Well, her landing gear fucks up in Hawaii. And they actually end up landing on a beach and fucking up the landing gear. And they, like, land on the belly of the thing and just skid. Bummer. So they called off the tour uh, for that minute due to the damage and brought the, the ship back to California. And she scrapped bringing a... A mechanic with her and was like let's go light and she's just bringing uh, a navigator named fred noonan and fred was selected because he has a pretty extensive navigation career he used to be a navy guy and he was actually in world war one he was on three separate boats that were sunk from german u-boats what and yeah. survived obviously and he's fine yeah shit but i don't know as a navigator that's not a good <laughs> that's not a good uh Repertoire. Well, unless he was able to navigate himself back to safety after getting shot. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's that way. There's where I need to go. Well, after the war, he worked for Pan Am Airlines as a navigator as well. So he's pretty, yeah. seems to know what he's doing. Um, my personal theory is that he might not. <clears throat> hmm. So they go from uh, flying the same plane, got it all fixed up, just her and Fred, um, they fly from Miami to, or sorry, from Oakland, California to Miami. So now they're going uh, west to east. I don't know. I think they changed. So before when they first were going, they were going to go um, east to west. Okay. But I think due to the time it took to fix the plane, uh, they looked at all weather patterns and shit I don't understand about wind. Sure. And decided it would be better to go the other direction. So they went from California to Miami, and they just kept 
moving over. So the plot went Miami to Venezuela, Venezuela to Brazil, to Senegal, to Egypt, to Sudan, to India, to Bangkok, to Burma, and Papua New Guinea. Yeah. So she's following pretty closely to the equator. During this time, she um, actually becomes the first person to reach the Mile High Club um, <laughs> with Fred. She actually became the first person to um, get a hand job three quarters of a mile club. Nice. As well. Um, she's also the first person to achieve uh, squirting at five eighths of a mile high club. Jesus Christ. She's the first person to eat a turkey sandwich while receiving head and piloting at the two-mile-high club. <laughs> two-mile-high club. So she actually has um, all of these achievements under her belt. And there and there's, like, plaques for them. <laughs> <laughs> they just have them up on the wall in, yeah. in the Amelia Earhart uh-huh. Museum. Yeah. I want to <laughs> go see them. Well, the plan was to go from Papua New Guinea to Howland Island, which is, um, I believe it's only about, like, a mile, two and a half miles long at the most. I read somewhere it's the size of the Chicago airport. It's a pretty small little island in the middle of the Pacific. So it's kind of hard to find. And Why did they want to go there? That was just the next plot on the trip. Hmm. So from they were going to go from New Guinea to Howland Island because they needed to refuel and then go to Hawaii. Okay. was the plan. And then Hawaii to California. Not she, was, she was pretty goddamn close to, yeah. to being done. Well, they fly around from Papua New Guinea looking for Howland Island for 20 hours. 20 hours? Yeah. Which I think might have been pretty close to what the target was, how long it was supposed to take to get there. And um, they couldn't find the island, which, God damn it, Fred. So Fred fucked up. I mean, there's speculation about what went wrong. Yeah. And I can't. I can't add to that. I yeah. mean, and I don't know enough about navigation or aviation, but they say it was cloudy. They say it's a small island. Um, look, I, he, you're the navigator. You fucked up. Yeah. That's what it is. You do it when it's cloudy or not. God. You use charts. Use instruments. Maps, charts, compasses, sheets, yeah. and all that shit. That's what you're here for, Use your brunton, dude. What the yeah. hell? So wait, wait. Uh, what happened? <laughs> so there is the SS uh, Itasca, which is a boat. The SS is right off of Howland Island, and they are ready and waiting there with fuel for her. So they're trying to create radio contact with her. Something, this is another thing that nobody can totally put their finger on, went wrong with the transmission where they could hear her, but she could not hear them. Really? And she just kept trying over and over again. And she even, like one of the transmissions um, on, uh, this is... That sucks. I know. It's... (laughs) pretty depressing that's the worst so it's 7 42 a.m they got a communication from her saying we must be on you but we can't see you and our gas is running low and they kept trying to track her signal to try and figure out where it's coming from and they couldn't pin it correctly they couldn't just start throwing up flares and shit like, well, and they were they were shooting up flares and they actually turned their big boiler engines on high so they were smoking oh, so they man. created this big smoke cloud they're like follow the cloud yeah and they kept saying follow the cloud but she can't hear she them can't hear them and so she actually starts whistling consistently into her microphone to keep the transmission open yeah. so they can try and figure out where she is. And they can't figure out where she is, and she can't hear them. Bummer. Well, the last – yeah, the, the, that's the, the last time they heard from her was at 8, 8.43 a.m. And um, that was it. At that point, that's all anybody knew. They just went 
silent. Yeah. Yeah. So the Navy's out there searching. Um, there's not a lot of land out there. It's, I mean, that's why they were shooting for this tiny island because there's not much else yeah. in that area. So the Navy goes out and does their search. Um, by, by July, they call off their search. Um, later in the year, George hires a private firm to go search for her. He searches everywhere uh, to no avail. And she's officially declared dead January 5th, 1939. Damn. So wait, how old does that make her then? That makes her so she's so that means she's about forty years old. She's about forty, yeah. So forty, forty-one, somewhere in there. Yeah. And then officially declared dead in thirty-nine. Yeah. So this is oh, and I and I wanted to mention that George uh, ended up taking care of her family monetarily. Oh, that's cool. He was a nice guy. Yeah. He, he you know, there was a lot of talk that he was kind of an asshole and he was just using her for her name and promotion, um, but. All his actions after she died didn't speak to that, or at least, I don't know. Maybe he changed. He lost his cash cow, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't have a problem with the guy from ever, the research I did. Yeah. I mean, he took care of her mom, which is nice. Yeah. So here is where we are at with what most theory, well, sorry, most documentaries and, and books that you're going to come across is, where the fuck is she? Yeah. Um, Like I said before, I'm pretty sure she's a shape-shifting lizard, and she just went home. That's That's where I'm at. That's one take. Nah, that's it. I did no other research. <laughs> um, well, actually, my other theory that I was trying, kind of working on was she was trying to bring another uh, Cunnilingus record, and her and Fred just landed in Fiji. I mean, he was a good-looking guy, and they just lived on Fiji. And That's it. Yeah. Is that a real, like, theory? It's my theory. I'm a researcher now. Oh. All right, got any other other real theories? <laughs> yeah, we got a, there, there's a bunch. It kind of depends on how. Well, I mean, it sounds let's like just, the, let's go into it. I'll give you I'll give you the the ones that you're most likely going to come across. Yeah, and then I'll give you the one that, like like no joke, I actually do is my the one I think happened. Okay. So there's a guy named uh, El Elgin Long who's an old pilot who is convinced, and he's he spent I think since the 70s several decades researching this, and he is like. She crashed and sunk in, yeah. in the sea. So they were taking account of the fuel tank size and the distance from New Guinea to Howland. And he was saying they were cutting it close. And we just think she if she couldn't have found the boat within 20 hours, she would have just ran out of fuel. There's no islands out there. Crash, sunk. Yeah. Um, some people don't like that theory because they say, A, she had a huge hole. Uh, not hole, but hole. <laughs> right. Like the fuselage. <laughs> It's very large. <laughs> like, Jesus, he's a bit... Wow, he was just right yeah. blunt about it. He was just like, she got a big vagina. <laughs> she right. was going to... Yeah. Now, now, just stick with me here. Her big vagina would have caught wind. Okay, a lot of wind would have caught up in there, making a lot of resistance, would have folded up and crashed in that water. Now, her big vagina would have taken in a lot of water from my research, and she just drowned it. What else is she going to do? <laughs> so she has a big hole. Hole. And um, actually even George uh, said this. He's like, the, the reason she picked that plane was to carry extra fuel. Now she would have to land to refuel the goddamn thing. Um, but it's not it's not insane that she overfueled and, and could have lasted a little bit longer. But every, a lot of people say, in fact, the military's official... Uh, stance is that she crashed and sunk in the in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, another guy, Fred Patterson, who's actually an expert on the Electra plane, 
Um, so she definitely would have ran out of gas and crashed into the ocean. Before or, or in general? Uh, yeah, in general. Oh, okay. But yeah, with that model and even however much extra space she had, she just would have run out of gas. Yeah. I mean, there's nowhere for her to park the damn thing. Right. You know, um, there was um, handicapped spots out there, but not spots for, for regular people. She didn't people. have the tag, yeah. Yeah, she didn't have a tag. So she probably just crashed. Um, this next theory... It's so batshit, I, I don't even super want to share it, but... Oh, okay, let's hear I it. didn't write down all the names because I don't care about any of these people. Sure. But there is a gentleman who met a woman named Irene Bullum in... I think it was, this was the 70s. And Irene is actually an old pilot as well who knew Amelia. Well, this guy looked at Irene and just, in his mind, decided, that's Amelia Earhart. Oh, I have heard this theory. Yeah. So her name, at the when she was younger... She used to be called Irene Craigmile, and she was an old pilot and knew Amelia. So there was some history that doesn't completely invalidate this dumbass's idea. But he was like, so she was either a spy and came back and changed her identity or something to that effect. And he wrote a book called Amelia Earhart Lives. Well, he sued this, or sorry, she sued this dumbass. Right. And there were people who came forward who were like, I knew both of them at the same time. I knew yeah. Irene. I knew Amelia. You're an idiot. Yeah. Well, the reason that I'm harping on this is because other motherfuckers have written really more same. books on this theory uh. and pointed out other ladies. Well, after Irene died, this fucking guy tried to get her body to fingerprint her. And luckily her family was like, I'm going to fuck m- off. Fuck off. Yeah. So this poor lady was hounded. Luckily she did win her suit. And yeah, that's idiotic. Yeah. Well, it sounds like obviously I'll like jump into a lot of conclusions. Be like, well, maybe she's still alive. Maybe it's that person, and yeah. maybe that means she's a spy. It's like, this lady in New Jersey, obviously. And when you look at pictures of them, like they don't look crazy dissimilar, but they don't look like the same person at all. Yeah, it's idiotic. Yeah. Um, there's another theory that they were taken as Japanese prisoners, or maybe even shot down by the Japanese because they were in that area. Yeah, but would they have just? I mean, would the Japanese have shut them down? See, and I don't know. I mean, we hmm. it's the 30s, so World War II hasn't started yet, but it's brewing. Sure. Yeah. I don't I, know. I don't know. Maybe Seems like it would have. But um, there's just no evidence for that. The Japanese have nothing to say about it. Um, there's some thought that she was part of the Tokyo Rose Project, which was where during World War II there were um, English-speaking Japanese ladies who had a radio broadcast where they would just send out pro-Japanese propaganda sure, and talk shit on Americans. Some asshole was like, I think Amelia Earhart's one of the voices on the Tokyo Rose. So, yeah. And poor George Putnam was even like, maybe, and he listened to some of the transmissions and was like, "That's not, no. none of this are her voice. Yeah. Um, some people say she was a spy um, who was over there to help spy plans against Japan. I find that outlandish. Yeah, why? Like, Why would you think that of... I mean, if you're going to be a spy, you probably don't want to be, like, super well-known, famous exactly. over... Yeah. I mean, she's world-famous at this point. The Japanese would recognize her. You can't be a spy if they know your fucking face. Yeah. So I I don't... I doubt that as well. Um, there's also... Th- this has been discredited, but the last big news was, like, in the summer of 2017, if you remember, there was a photo that came out. Yeah, of a plane that was crashed. Well, it's actually of two people on a dock. Did you ever see that? Uh Uh-uh. So it's called the the Jalutit or the Jaluit Atoll photo. So in the Jaluit Atoll, which is 
there's like a dock over there in Japan. And there's a photo of a lady sitting on the dock, and you only see her back and the side of her head, and then a taller white guy standing next to her and a bunch of Japanese people. And some peop- somebody found this photo and were like, that's, that's Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan. Hmm. And everybody bit. They all everybody. Lost. Yeah, everybody was into it. So there's still like a full documentaries dedicated to how this is definitely her. But you said that this has already been debunked? No. She crashed in 37. Somebody found the original source of that photo. It's in a um, school book from 1935. Oh. And if you look at it from that angle, the two people look Japanese. Vacation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that just got everybody's panties in a, yeah. for no reason. Well, this this is my, what I go to. Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Rick Gillespie. And if you do some research, everybody who's not, on Rick Gillespie's side, says that he's a maniacal jackass. I think he's doing a good job. <laughs> At uh, being a jackass or being not? He's a little bit of a jackass, but okay. I think he's got a good theory here. So his theory is that she was going, she, she was in the wrong direction. And this this goes with why I also think Fred's an idiot. <laughs> so what she was doing prior to this stretch of the trip was, um, if you remember what I was saying, she would go from major city to major city to major city. Right. It's kind of hard to fuck that up if you got a map in front of you. And sure. A, and an experienced pilot. This stretch was in Papua New Guinea into the great unknown of the ocean yeah. to find a little island. And he fucked it up. Yeah. Fred did. So the theory here is that she was actually closer, about 400 miles away, near an island called Nikamaruru. Or Nikamaroro. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. I think it's a Ruru. And it's Rick Gillespie's opinion that this island, which is a, a pretty small as well, is where she crashed. And his theory goes like this. There's a lot of different things that, it, that, that attach to it. But there was this little chick named Betty Klink who was a teenager in St. Petersburg, Florida. And her family had a ham radio with a little bit larger than average antenna. Yeah. Um, her dad was kind of into that thing. So they had a pretty good... Um, um, set up yeah. to be able to reach a little bit further. And at this time, she would listen to the radio, and while doing homework, she had a notebook open, and she would write down her favorite lyrics, which I believe. Sure. I did that when I was a little girl. Me too. And she was flipping through her ham radio and f- came across what sounded like a distress signal from a lady who said, this is Amelia Earhart. Shit. And so she started writing down what she heard. Now... There are a lot of people who said that they heard these transmissions around this time, and most people don't believe them because it just sounds hoaxy. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like, unlikely. Yeah, but I don't know. I, it's possible. It's totally sure. possible. And the reason that I stay with Betty Clink is that she took notes during the thing, and what she said um, is believable to to my was she saying the same things that the uh ship was hearing that they were supposed to be feeling up with no so this is after the theory here is that it's after she crashed and the ship was not getting transmissions from her anymore they heard silence after that last like we're running out of gas and we can't see you i see so this is after the fact of when they okay this is a yeah a couple hours maybe a day later yeah um this this is what she what she actually wrote down is, I mean, I won't read everything, but this is like what's taken from her notebook is, uh, water's high. Uh, this is Amelia Earhart. This is Amelia Putnam, uh, SOS, uh, somebody crying, 
um, a man shouting for help and a woman telling him to calm down. Holy shit. Um, somebody sort of off mic saying, come here a minute. Come here a minute. Sit down. Come here a minute. And then send help. Water rising. Um, let's see. Oh, and she said New York, New York, New York, New York, which doesn't say anything. New York shouldn't have anything to do with any of this. Yeah. But the reason that it's interesting is... Um, so she was actually, sorry, not saying New York. She was saying New York City, New York City. Yeah. And on Nikamaruru Island is the remains of an old ship called the SS Norwick City. Oh. And Rick Gillespie thinks that she was saying Norwick City, Norwick City. And she wrote down and this New little York girlhood, City. New York City. Um, she also said things like water's deep. Um, we Why can't would the water out. be deep? So his theory is that they crashed probably like right on the shore of this island and got stuck. Yeah. So they ran out onto the shore and the way the high tide would come in and out, it would submerge the ship and then not submerge the ship. So he said at some point the tide would go down and she would be able to turn the propeller, which would turn the engine on, which would make the the radio work. Then when the water's up, she can't turn the propeller, right? So the only time she's sitting in there is when the water's probably going down and she's, she's in the water. Shit. So all these little circumstantial things, people say that he's trying too hard, but when you piece it together, it's pretty goddamn good to me. So did anyone ever go and look in this area to see if oh, uh, yeah. they yeah. Could, did they find anything? Yeah. Um, so at the time, it was uh, not an inhabited island, but there was like an old abandoned village from locals there. Mm-hmm. When the Navy was doing their search for her, they did fly over the island, and the pilot said he saw signs of life. Oh. He said he saw smoke. And he circled it, thinking maybe it was um, natives. He didn't know it wasn't inhabited. Yeah. And But nobody came out to signal him, so he's like, I guess it's natives, and took off. Fuck. Later, uh, Rick Gillespie and some other people have gone to the island, and they yeah, they found a piece of plexiglass that could fit the plane's windshield. What? They found a shoe that could fit a woman. They found... Um, so what do they think happened to them then? It sounds like they were on this island. Did they just live there until they... Just died. Yeah. Like starved? Like probably after... Yeah, I mean, for one, there's no water, uh, presumably. Yeah. And then there, the, the island has a lot of crabs, so maybe they ate some crabs for a while, but eventually just overexposed yeah. to the sun. And... So who... The guy who came up with this theory, you said he lived in the 70s? He came up with the theory in the 70s? I think actually... 70s or 80s, but he's still pushing it. 70s or 80s. He has a whole, uh, there's a whole company, or not company, but um, like website and, and called the, the Tigar, that's what they're called, and they are trying to prove this theory. That's interesting because, I mean, I would think even after all this time, you should still be able to go get like a pretty powerful, you know, detecting metal of some kind. And Well, I think the idea is, so right at the end of the beach on this island, there's a a coral reef shelf so it just drops down oh so they're thinking if the plane hit that it would have tilted there for a while and fell into the ocean and the british ended up setting up a colony on that island a few years later and they did find bones uh but nobody could decide what what they were from who the bones belonged to and they ended up i mean i heard one thing that the guy like burned them and i heard another thing that they just got lost and nobody knows where these fucking bones are even though i feel like that would definitely solve everything yeah right fuck well to say that's kind of what's the whole thing with at least as much as i know about amelia Earhart is that 
there's this whole mystery of where did she crash, you know, or yeah. did she crash, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it's interesting. I didn't know that she had anyone else with her. I didn't know she had yeah. a navigator. Dumbass Fred. Yeah, and I didn't know. I also had this kind of image of, uh, and it's not because uh, it was a female or anything, just because I figured it was around the same time frame of airplanes were still relatively new. Like she was breaking records and stuff. Yeah. And I kind of figured that, it wasn't that she was a bad pilot, but there just weren't really any good pilots. Like, these were people pushing the limits kind of a thing. Trying really hard. Yeah, and so there were still rickety old planes and stuff. I didn't realize that these were... They sound like they're a lot better than what I was picturing in my head, at least. Oh, I think so. I mean, if she's getting across from continents, then it's way better than what I had imagined. I thought she was just some lady who, who was like, yeah, I mean, I got my pilot's license, and I just give those out because nobody... You know, everyone's new to it. You go practice for a little bit then you go yeah. what does it take and then she just was like i'm gonna go do this huge you know big <laughs> thing and then just didn't make it and that's not really a surprising for the time frame of yeah. the technology but no it sounds very different than what i what i had imagined now she's actually like a super badass person had a yeah really, had a really good plan that should have worked yeah i blame this all on fred noonan <laughs> right there's no way from what i've done that i could blame any of this on her she's a very intelligent prepared intrepid person it's his ass so out of curiosity the the messages that she wrote down that this lady wrote down from yeah. the listen to the radio um when did they find that like when did she give oh, that she actually reported it pretty much right away there there's an article from 1937 that really because her dad immediately called the the navy and was like my daughter got this transmission and yeah it seems like it's gotta be they didn't believe him because they were like it's too far away you're crazy. But they're like, yeah, but how would I know who Amelia Earhart is? Or Amelia, no, whatever, she, last name. She's famous. I think they would have known oh, that. Oh, yeah. But. Um, I guess that's true. I think they were just like, look, sir, okay, we're, we got this. Yeah. I was, I'm curious, too, um, when it comes to radio uh, frequency and how far it travels with the equipment they had, um, if right. that matches up as well with. So when I looked into that, there was some technical shit about how the type of frequency she was sending off would bounce off the ionosphere and that it could re reach St. Petersburg, Florida just fine. Yeah. Uh, but then you have other people who say that it wouldn't. Right. No, I'm not a specialist, but it sounds realistic to me. Yeah. Especially since a lot of people actually claim to have heard something like this yeah. around the same time. And it's not impossible, especially like, um, I mean, radio is just light waves. And with the radio traffic at the time being a lot lower than it is now, it's not, it's not crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, really, Florida is not insanely far away from, from Nicomaruru. Yeah. Can't walk there or anything, but... Out of curiosity, there was a little girl that was taking this? Yeah, she was like a teenager. I mean, she is Florida, so maybe we shouldn't trust her. <laughs> They're all a little bit nuts over there. Well, I was just thinking about it. I was like, man, I think like you'd think you'd be sending out all kinds of crazy signals like... I don't know, as much information as possible, obviously. Well. But if it keeps rising, going down, if it's that much of a time and frame. And there's a lot of panic. I mean, I, I think what attracts me to this is maybe the trauma of it. Yeah. But there's an interview with, with Betty from two th from 2000, and it's pretty heartbreaking because she's, I'm convinced that she, she believes. wrote down what she thinks she heard. Yeah. So I don't think she's a liar, but what she wrote down is pretty haunting because she's like, well, it was clear that this woman was in distress. It's clear that there was this man who was injured. And he kept trying to grab the microphone, and she kept pushing him away. And she's saying SOS, and he's screaming some shit. And, and this lady seemed clearly haunted by this, thinking that she heard the last dramatic screams of help from these people who had no other option. 
Fuck. And um, it's pretty haunting. It's, if you can look up the notes, it's pretty haunting if, yeah. it, if it's what really When you were reading them, said. I got chills. When you were, I know, like, it's them. like, fuck, Damn, that sucks. Dude. Especially for somebody so fucking baller yeah um to have to succumb like that like she knew the risks but it's it's a bummer yeah it's a bummer well um there are a couple of amelia Earhart movies that are terrible oh nice don't watch them fair enough there's a hillary swank one that came out that is incredibly milk toast and dull um there's another one starring um what's her name diane keaton that is equally boring hmm she was portrayed by Amy Adams in one of those um, Night at the Museum movies. Oh, yeah. I refused to see that, so I don't know. Uh, Flying Magazine listed her as number nine on the Heroes of Aviation. Yeah. Um, it is Amelia Earhart, so there are, you name it, scholarships, airports, stamps, museums. ships, museums, schools, roads, um, countless books. There's a Barbie doll after her. There's an elementary school named the Amelia Earhart Elementary right here in our home state, yeah. Utah and Provo. I used to work on a street called Amelia Earhart Street. There you go. Oh, yeah, there's an Amelia yeah. Earhart Drive. Yeah, over by... Uh, over by the airport. Yep. So I think anywhere you go, there's an Amelia Earhart something. Yeah. She She's one of those people who, I don't know, I guess she just resonates with like the American fuck you spirit. Yeah. That, uh, that really resonates. Um, she's also... Uh, depicted in an episode of an episode of Star Trek Voyager. Oh, really? That you should... Oh, I do remember that do you episode. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember this. Uh, I haven't watched Voyager since I was a, a teenager. But uh, she was her and Fred Noonan and several other pilots were abducted by a species. Now they that... all, they only took twenty seven people. Okay, <laughs> and they went back to their home planet, which if you remember from Voyager, is several quadrants away. So I don't know how that works yeah but they took them prisoner to be slaves and then the humans were so um rebellious that the aliens took off and the humans created their own colony over there yeah but the original 27 were in cryogenic freezing so when voyager landed um captain um lady yeah yeah janeway captain janeway meets her hero amelia Earhart and Tells her how inspirational she is to the to the American or to the Earth people at this point. Yeah. So, just classic pop culture right there. <laughs> and that's why We're it a... also explains what happened to her. So there you go. That <laughs> <laughs> right. actually falls in line with my uh, primary theory that um, she's, yeah. a, she's a shape shifting lizard. If I would have to guess, I'm guessing that yeah, she crashed in the ocean or or your theory that you like. I like uh, that one too. You know it. It does feel a little tiny bit like a stretch, but I don't think it's too much of a stretch. I feel like it, possible is possible. It doesn't sound... If possible, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it makes me want to... I'm going to go look more up, actually. I'm you should. Up. It's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, most documentaries that speculate about her are going to be um, about that photo from 2017 because it just yeah. blew up and it's horseshit. So, yeah, that seems to happen with like conspiracies. If the answer never gets revealed, and sometimes even when it does, if there was some big news before that, they that still hangs around. If it was, I think a know, lot of people still hang on to that photo yeah. and say that the original printed in 1935 is a is a is a printing error, and that no, this is her. Yeah, I mean, to think that she got captured and maybe even tortured or made a prisoner and died that maybe, but yeah. I don't know. It seems so. She's like a global celebrity, and Japan is 
um, quickly becoming our enemy, they would advertise that shit. They'd be like, "We got your bitch." Yeah. So, yeah. I don't. I don't buy that. Yeah, I don't either. I really don't think that that that's. Um, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. She definitely died being serviced by Fred on this tropical <laughs> island. She died in ecstasy the way she deserved. And um, I have to say real quick, my favorite part of if that is true mm-hmm. is she's calming down some guy like, chill out. Like, I'm, I'm working on it. Like, calm down. And he's just oh, like, yeah. help. Oh, it's a shut up. I'm trying to get it. <laughs> SOS. Hello. Yeah, the tide is rising. Ah, shit. Here it comes. All right. I'll be back. Right. It- a lot of what she said sounded precise. Yeah. And he was like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we crashed on. I'm a terrible navigator. I'm a terrible navigator. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know. That's why we're here. Go eat another crab. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I think happened. Yeah. I mean, the, the crash into the ocean um, is has a clean logic to it. But um, yeah. it's sort of like even George Putnam was saying, like, I just doubt that, that yeah. with her capacity for for flight, I don't think that. That's what happened. Do you think there's any, uh, has there been any, like, has there been many expeditions to go find it? I mean, I know there's people that oh, yeah. try to go search, but has anyone done it, like, where they've gone underwater with, like, big equipment? Yep. Um, people are still, I mean, maybe not, like, right this day, but, yeah, every now and then a new person gets psyched about going to find It's like finding the Titanic. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal, and people yeah. have combed the, o- but it's just such a huge swath of ocean. Yeah. Nobody's been successful, and... Um, I'm surprised that they haven't been able to take a deep diver off the, off the coast of Nikamaruru and just checking her out. It's not a very uh, big island, but no, nobody's found anything. There's nothing. Damn. Um, kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer, but. But what a badass chick, man. Fucking A, man. Yeah. I mean, this is a no, a no bullshit, eye on the prize, big personality. Super rad. Very cool. Yeah. Um, if she were around, I feel like she, that she, she would not want to hang out with me, but I would try very hard to get her to hang out with yeah. me. Yeah. Be like, hey, just, just, I'll tag along. I won't say anything. It's fine. Yeah, you won't even know I'm here. You <laughs> won't even know I'm here. Yeah. I just want to hang out. I know. This kind of story kind of reminds me of the whole kind of like right before World War II or during World War II, the kind of women empowerment with, uh, what's her name? The I don't know if she has a name. The lady who's just flexing? Yeah, I think she does. It's uh, Or like, I don't think it's a real lady, but I think it's a... Uh, the icon has been given. Yeah, the with name. the bandana on and flexing. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's something about that, but like before that, and cooler. She kind of looks like that, honestly, because she's sort of um, she's got an athletic build, and she has a very independent face, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, I could see her as being. Uh, yes, we can. Yes, we can sell yeah. Lucky Strike cigarettes. Shit, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go look up that box too. I want to see if I can find any Amelia Earhart Lucky Strikes. I would smoke the shit out of a Lucky Strike. There's a, there's a guy on YouTube who smokes old cigarettes. Does he? Yeah, that's a pretty strange thing. That Is it gross? Something I'm into, but I don't know. He's a little pretentious about it where he'll 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 suck on it before he's lit it. He's like, okay, well, okay, the, the dry pole has uh, oh let's see, boy. Uh, chrysanthemums. Do you think he's playing up on Maybe purpose or is he like oh, for sure serious? Like, little bit of, okay, there's a little bit of caramel. And then he lights it, and he talks about its intensity. Yeah. But he always claims that old Lucky Strikes is the best cigarette he's ever had. Yeah. So I'd like to get my hands on one. Well, if I find some and they're a reasonable price, I'll keep the box. You can have the cigarettes. Oh, yes. <sighs> All right. Was well, that it for people time? That's what I got about Amelia Earhart. That's good. That's a good episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking Amelia Earhart, man. Dude, what a hard ass. Hey, if you feel like doing something, go have fun. Yeah, go have some fun. Who gives a shit?
Do yeah. whatever the fuck you want. Don't change your name and do whatever you want. Do it because you enjoy it. Yeah, fuck yeah. And I fuck think that's, everybody else. That's the American spirit, man. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Hey, if you're a bald eagle, go eat some garbage. <laughs> and choke on it. <laughs> Just choke on it. And then, you know, go get in a plane and get ahead. Yeah. Fuck yeah. God <laughs> damn it, I feel good right now. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I'm gonna go to put an American flag on my car and my face. Yeah, everywhere. God damn it! Fuck yeah! <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Make sure you uh, tune in later for our next episode. It'll be coming out a week from now. Yeah, we'll do it again. I got nothing else going on. People time. <laughs> hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch. And dump it down onto the ground. (laughs) Hit some guy, yeah.